This is the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jockey with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks for downloading and listening to today's show. Today, I have a special surprise for you as we are doing a Lockdown crossover. We're getting ready to relaunch the Lockdown MLB podcast network, and I have today on with me Moose Michaels from the Lockdown Cardinals podcast. He's going to give us a preview of the 2019 St. Louis Cardinals, as I kind of gave a high-level preview a couple of weeks ago of the Cardinals, but he knows a lot more about them than I do. So we're going to get right into that in just a moment. Make sure, before we get to that, though, to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also, check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then also, we've got a website, LockedOnReds.com. With all kind of good content from our team of writers, as Dave Pemberton has a new article up, make sure to go check that out. Now, let's get to the interview. For today's Locked On Reds podcast, I've got a special crossover edition of Locked On Reds with Locked On Cardinals. I've got Moose Michaels in here. He's about to be the host of the new Locked On Cardinals podcast coming up. Moose, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. we got to remember to put the... Uh... Locked on Cardinals in parentheses baseball. Locked on Cardinals. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, because too many Cardinals. <laughs> but that's cool. Um, Moose, I appreciate you coming on, man. I want to look at the Cardinals today. I know that most of my listeners really know their stuff about the Reds, and they probably heard that a little transaction there of Paul Goldschmidt getting added to the Cardinals happened. But other than that, I kind of want to dig into the 2019 Cardinals overall. What is the Cardinals Nation outlook for 2019? Well, there's for 2019, you've you've got what the fans expect, what the front office expects, and believe it or not, it's two different things. Uh, judging by what you would see on Twitter, uh, the fans really expect us to be like in third or fourth place. Uh, the front office really expects us to be to win the division, and. Uh, really? I would be somewhere in between. I would I would see I would say a wild card is probably more <clears throat> excuse me more in the future for the Cardinals. Sure. See now and the, and I'm glad I talked to you because from the outside looking in and I don't know maybe you can get into this uh, with I'm thinking maybe a bounce back from Marcelo Zuna paired with Paul Goldschmidt and a bullpen led by Andrew Miller. I almost had them pegged in my mind as the favorites in the division, but you're saying it's a little bit less than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could win it, but uh, if you go by the Pocota projections or anything like that, I think the well, the craziness that abounds in that is the Pocota projections have the Cubs finishing last. Right. Which is insanity. That's not going to happen. And uh, they think they get the Brewers winning the division with like 87 or 88 games, something like that. Right. The Cardinals winning 85. Um so I, I don't I don't know you know you talked about some of that stuff it's from the outside looking in, Marcelo Zuna still seems to having be having issues with his arm, okay. uh, his throwing arm, 
Uh, so I don't know about that bounce back year. I'd like to I'd like to say that he would because he's going to be a free agent. Sure. However, we've seen the free agent market uh, being what it is as of late. Uh, and again, it's spring training, so it's hard to tell. Now, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Paul Goldschmidt will be your MVP for the uh, for the National League. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know if he's going to resign with the Cardinals or not, but I sure would like him to. Uh, I. I don't know. I, I really feel like that they that they're probably a wild card team. I don't know if they're going to be the the first or the second wild card, but there's just a lot of issues. You take a look at the pitching. You know, you've got you got Jack Flaherty who's doing really well. You got Miles Michaelis, but there's questions around him. Is he going to be able? Is is the league going to adjust to Miles Michaelis? You know, he won 18 games last year, hardly walked anybody. Uh, he has sparkling ERA. Um, can he continue that this year? After those two guys, it's it's all it's all a big question because you take a look at uh, John Gant. Well, I mean, he might be okay. Wainwright's no one knows what to expect out of Wainwright. Uh, he used to be the ace, but now he's 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 at that point in his career where uh, he could have a, he could have a Justin Verlander resurgence uh, if he can learn how to do it. But you know, who who knows if he can or he can't. Um, and then Austin Gomber is up, I think, for a spot in the rotation, maybe two. And Carlos Martinez, you know, the guy that's supposed to be the ace for the Cardinals, you know, he's been shut down. He's having some uh, shoulder issues as well. And when he does come back to start the season, which I, he won't be ready for opening day, I don't believe, uh, he's going to start out in the bullpen. There's a lot of questions out there. The outfield is still pretty rough. You know, Harrison Bader is a great defender, but is he going to be able to hit? You've got... De- I don't know if you got did you did you follow all the drama going around with Dexter Fowler last I, year and then through the offseason? I did not. So he is probably the most hated man on the Cardinals team. Ooh. Uh he was he was gonna miss the winter warm up, which is like the Cardinals meet and greet thing. He's mm-hmm. never been to one and this year he said he had a wedding or something to go to. And he got so much flack from the fans that he actually canceled his plans to go. And he wow. batted he batted like one eighty. Last year, and he's not looking too awfully sharp this spring. I think he's batting like 160 for the, in the spring. And uh, what fans get so upset about is there is a, a certain other right fielder out there who uh, <laughs> just signed for a, a very affordable, in my mind, $25 million year, a year. Totally. And, yeah, and you could have put him, a generational star, in right field, but you chose to go with Dexter Fowler so right. <laughs> he's he's not getting a lot of love but on the other hand you've got guys like Yadier Molina who keeps on getting better as time goes on Paul Goldschmidt of course he's going to be amazing he's not hit any home runs in the spring yet but he's he's not going to cover off the ball his on base is incredible um, Matt Carpenter seems to do re- really well at second Paul DeYoung at short the infield's great there's just a lot of questions in the outfield and then in the rotation and in bullpen, too. So they're not as strong as a lot of people would like to make them out to be. Okay. All right. See, we're starting to form the picture a little bit. I like this. Um, when it comes to the Paul Goldschmidt trade, what is the consensus? Like, what did the Cardinals lose whenever they gave up Luke Weaver? They didn't lose anything. <laughs> okay. I okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. They, right? they, they, they stole Paul Goldschmidt. I was shocked. I thought it was a good trade too. Yeah, they 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 stole him. Now I don't know if it's because it was he only had one year left on that extension he signed in Arizona. 
I don't know what it because when we when it was all coming together and we knew that the Cardinals were talking to him about it, I I kept thinking I'm like they're going to have to trade somebody like Alex Reyes or mm-hmm. Carlos Martinez straight up for uh, for Paul Goldschmidt because he's Paul's that good of a batter. I mean he's uh, that's kind of been the that's kind of been the Cardinals' bread and butter. You know when you think about all their best players over the years, they for the most part they've always been first basemen. Mm-hmm. Whether that's uh, Sam Musial played first, yeah, Keith Hernandez, Mark McGuire, Albert Pujols, and now Paul Goldschmidt, and um, I, that was a steal. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad deal for Arizona. Luke Weaver, but is could probably be a good pitcher, but he's like a number three or a number four guy at best. Sure. Uh, Carson Kelly will will probably be the guy to to watch out for. I think if you get him to learn to swing the bat and. Uh, so yeah, it was it, it was a good deal for the Cardinals all the way around. That's awesome. And then looking at the other big piece, at least looking from the outside in, when it comes to the Cardinals signing Andrew Miller, how does the bullpen look this year? When you're talking about, I mean, I'm just assuming here with Jordan Hicks in the closer spot and Miller being the uh, reliever du jour wherever they need him to go. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing I loved about Andrew Miller when he signed, is uh, he said he didn't care if he closed, he didn't care what he did, he just wanted to help the team win. Uh, Jordan Hicks is uh, that dude's incredible. I don't know if he'll be the closer. I think Carlos Martinez will probably end up being the closer, okay. and if that's the case, uh, when he gets back, you're looking at you're looking at a back end of that pen where you get where you've got Andrew Miller coming in, say the the sixth or the seventh, Jordan Hicks in the eighth, and then Carlos Martinez in the ninth. Come on. That's yeah. going to be that, – that that would be good. But everybody's got to be on. And Andrew Miller's got his own questions too. He's looked pretty good uh, this spring from what I've been able to see when I've had time to watch the games. Um, and so is Jordan Hicks. But, you know, Miller wasn't quite as Miller-esque as he has been in the past last year. So we see how you readjust in the National League. That's what I'm thinking. When I see those three guys, and I didn't consider Carlos Martinez, but if he is going to be the closer, he he always had a pretty decent arm. You lock down those last three innings with the uh, with the pitching and the offense. What would the Cardinals nation say is the biggest question mark heading into 2019? Oh, right field for sure. Uh, right field and uh Probably, probably the bullpen, but I mean the outfield in general is just a big question mark. You know, Harrison Bader's there, uh, and he he's got a spot for sure. Marcelo Zuna's got a spot, but Marcelo Zuna and uh, Dexter Fowler are not the uh, in the competition as I see it. Mm-hmm. Right at the moment, they're not even the best people for the job. Uh, I mean, Tyler O'Neill, he's got his own set of issues. He he'll hit the crap out of the ball, but. At the same time, it's going to be his strikeouts are going to be way, way high. Uh, so that's probably the biggest question mark. You know, with the single with the single day trade trade deadline now on July thirty first. Uh, I mean, you got to wait and see how it goes. But I would imagine the outfield will be a place the Cardinals would be looking to uh, upgrade most likely. We're going to take a quick break in the interview with Moose Michaels from Locked On Cardinals for a few ads, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Locked On Reds. 
This is also a reminder, if you're looking to advertise to a daily podcast that covers the Cincinnati Reds, Locked On Reds is looking for advertisers. Just hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and we'll talk about some advertising opportunities with the Locked On Podcast Network. Alrighty, we will get back to the interview with Moose Michaels here on the Locked On Reds podcast. When it comes to his first full season kind of coming out of the dugout, what are the expectations of Mike Schilt? Well, they all say he's a really good communicator, uh, an excellent communicator, and you know they, they really turned it around after they fired Mike Matheny. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't know if we'll ever know the whole story of what happened with that. Is I don't know if the clubhouse, uh, the morale was just that bad. I know him, him and Dexter Fowler were at a point that Dexter Fowler didn't care if he played or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know certain players liked him and a lot of certain players didn't. Um, so I, I would expect to see that continue. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Mike Schilt, he's a great guy, and he really carried the team through the last half mm-hmm. uh, after the All-Star break and everything. But he wasn't – he probably wasn't – I, I, I was kind of shocked – when they went ahead and gave him a deal, they didn't even look around after the season. You know, they said, no, that's our guy right there. That's and You don't know who else is out there. You know, I, th- I know Terry Francona's name. Or not Terry Francona, excuse me. Um, who was a guy that just, uh, he was a manager of the Yankees. Um, oh, Girardi, um, Joe Girardi. Yeah, Joe Girardi. His name, his name was popping up a lot. Uh, I think even Mark McGuire's name had kind of been floated out there. And it's not the name of those guys to be better than Schilt. It's, it was just a very quick, that's our guy. So I think what they're wanting to see from Schilt is um, some good strategic thinking. Because that's one thing about the Cardinals, the Cardinals fan base, is they put a value on strategy. And, you know, they're used, you know, you had however many years with La Russa. And uh, he came, what, he came in 96. And uh, so 15 years with La Russa. And, you know, this guy, he was a guy that would come in and he, you can't do it anymore, of course, but, you know, he'd bring in one pitcher to pitch to one guy and then he'd swap out, swap him out with the next pitcher. And um, they're used to that kind of methodical thinking. And Schilt needs to come in and show that he's decisive. He also needs to show that he's willing. One thing that really drove people crazy with Matheny was this whole idea that, you know, these guys are the veterans. This guy's the starter. He's got to start. No, you start the guy that's the best man for the job that day. Right. And I think that drove a lot of people crazy because, like, uh, um, Jose Martinez, he had he was incredible last year. He batted over 300. Was just His defense was horrible, though. I mean, awful defense. Hmm. But regardless of that, uh, Matheny just, you know, or he, he just wouldn't use the guy hardly at all until he had to. And then when the defense got that bad – he kept putting him out there after he was no longer the first guy. So, you know, he, he found his favorites. Schilt's got to be able to say, okay, uh, let's just, for example, let's use Paul Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Paul, you, you know, you're our star player, and we want to put you out there, but uh, you, need, you need a couple of days off. So you're going to sit, and we're going to put in we're gonna put Jose Martinez or Matt Carpenter is going to play first for a couple of days. You know, that's something Matheny would never do. He would, he would run – he would run Paul Goldschmidt out there until Paul's arms fell off. You know, and not everybody's Yadier Molina who's going to catch 140, 150 games a year. Right. Do you see, and, and you kind of mentioned it right there at the end, do you see Molina's durability coming down at all in 2019, or is he just a bionic dude? 
I guess we'll see. Uh, he says he can. He says he can play probably for another three years. He also says that once this deal's over, he's going to retire. But uh, he said he won't play for any other team. I don't know. I I feel like he's the kind of guy that if he started falling off like that, he would just he would hang up the cleats. Sure. I I, I could not imagine him wearing another uniform. To be honest with you, no. It'd be like Derek Jeter wearing. Uh, you know. It'd be like Derek Jeter wearing a Cardinals uniform. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. There's just guys that you see, like, like you know, I, I always think of, like, Reggie Sanders. He moved around a lot, and he was, you know, you could see him in different uniforms. But you think of, like, uh, like a Barry Larkin. I remember toward the end of his career, they talked about him, like, going to the Mets or something like that. I'm like, that, what? No. You know what's funny? <laughs> Reggie Sanders was my favorite Cardinal in that 2014. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, was awesome. He was great. Just moved around everywhere and he never, his production never waned. He was always right there. You knew what you expected from him. Um, you, you kind of mentioned, and, and I thought of him first, whenever they came out with the rule changes, what, do you think Tony LaRusso's reaction would be if the commissioner of baseball came up and said, all right, this guy you just brought in the bullpen, he's got to throw to at least three batters? I, I think LaRusso would just figure out a way around it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because the, the rule, I mean, the rule is kind of vague. It sounds, it sounds just horrendous on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you brought this guy in, he's got to pitch the three batters. Well, okay. All you do is you go to your starter or whoever it is, it's in. I really need you to get at least one out, maybe mm-hmm. two. Because all the guy has to do is pitch to the half inning, mm-hmm. even if it's the one guy. And then you can pull him. <laughs> so it's it's really kind of a non rule. It just doesn't allow you to do it in the middle of the inning. Right. It so it was one of those things that all it you know, kinda like you mentioned, almost sounded a little half baked, like I, I was talking with a uh, with a friend of mine over at the Red Reporter, Wick Terrell, and he was like, "It really seemed like when they came out with these announcements of these quote unquote rule changes, it was like they're kicking the can down the road. Like, all right, you're making an announcement, but it's not the big issues. It's not the big things. Like, where's all that stuff coming from?" I have no doubt that there's going to be a strike in 2022. And I think these rule changes are just doing nothing to uh, help the players out very much. Um, I think, even though a lot of people probably won't like it, especially in the National League, I think the DH in the National League uh, is something that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I don't want it to happen, but it's to extend the life of some of these pitchers as valuable as their arms now, mm-hmm. and to find jobs for some of these guys who can't get a contract anymore. Um, simply because all they can do is hit. Right. Uh, it's it's. I think it's something that's got to happen. You know, that's all these changes that Rob Manfred's doing, and I am not a fan of this guy. Mm-hmm. I never thought I could uh, I could dislike somebody as much as I dislike Bud Selig. Yeah. You know, towards the end of his tenure, but man, Manfred from the from the word go is. I mean, I'm all for reducing the commercial time mm-hmm. uh, in between innings. You know, but some of these other rules, you know, you uh, you can't do, you know, you can't you can't pitch. You have to pitch to three batters in an inning, or you can only be out of the batter's box this long, or there's this many mound visits, and not. And the thing is, he's doing all this stuff, and it's not actually reducing the length of the games at all. I think, in fact, the games are getting a little bit longer. Yeah. 
So I just, just leave it alone. And the, the, the thing they have to do is find a way to market baseball to young people without having to change it. Right. Because that, that's, that's the whole thing. And, but, you know, they don't listen to me. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. In fact, I mean, the whole city of Cincinnati is kind of thinking the same thing. The, the Reds had to be a little bit proactive because, the, you know, Rob Manfred's going to be the uh, grand marshal for opening day parade here in Cincinnati this season. And it was almost as if the Reds were like, all right, we need to give this dude a shield because standing next to him on the grand marshal float is going to be Johnny Bench. And, like, no one in the city of Cincinnati is going to boo Johnny Bench, but oh no, it was probably likely they might have booed Rob Manfred, so they're kind of, they're like, nope, we're going to put this buffer here. Did, do they still do the thing where the first game of the season is always played in Cincinnati? Nah, they, this year, I think there's a, uh, I can't, I can't remember if it's in Japan or if it's in London, but I think the first se- the first game is overseas this year. Um, well, that's just a travesty. Yeah, it's, it's all weird. It's all weird. I, I I think it's hilarious, though. I mean, the moment that it was announced, and this is kind of getting off topic, but just thinking about Rob Manfred, the, the moment that it was announced that he was going to be the guy, there was an outcry on Red's Twitter, Pete Rose, Pete to the Hall of Fame, all this other stuff. And then you had all these other people that were kind of like on the opposite side. And it created this debate that no one was asking for of like, well, Pete, he's a good guy. And then everyone's like, well, have you watched any sort of news about Pete Rose for the last five years? But anyway, it just. Well, if you, if you don't mind me saying so, Pete, yeah. Pete kind of screwed Pete because I think Seelig was about to let him in the Hall of Fame or reinstate him into the game, I should say. And then he got caught gambling again. Yep. And after that, they were like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, they, uh, you know, it, they kind of joked about it. They said that Rob Manfred came in and sat down, talked with Pete Rose and said, Pete, you've been gambling? And Pete's like, no. And he's like, Pete, <laughs> all right, yeah, I have. Like, you know, and he's – it's it's one and one is two, but he was trying to make it out to be three. And I, I tell you, it was a bummer to see that because I was with you. I really felt like the time was coming, and now it just feels like it's you know going to be a little while yet. Oh, Pete belongs in the Hall of Fame for oh, for yeah. sure. But uh, you know that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm also the opinion that McGuire and Sosa belong in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm with so. you. I'm I'm with you. I mean, the whole. Without getting into a too philosophical debate about the steroid era, in 1998, I was all about watching TV and trying to find who hit their last home run. Was it Sammy? Was it Mark? You know, who hit it? Is Griffey going to catch up with them? Like, that was awesome. And then 10 years later, I'm supposed to just say that that was all wrong? No way, man. No, no there's way. no way. I was, uh, that was the summer between my eighth grade and year my freshman year of high school and it was the greatest baseball season i have ever witnessed so much fun period so oh, much yeah. fun and they should i mean steroids are wrong but you know they saved the, them and cal ripkin jr saved the game after that last strike oh yeah and <laughs> kind of like you mentioned it's it's coming soon we're gonna have to see who's gonna save it this time but 
Man, Moose, we are getting a little bit long here, so I appreciate your time, man, coming on and talking Cardinals with me, kind of getting us ready for the 2019 season. It is almost here. Really looking forward to it, man, and really excited to have you part of Locked On, and everybody go check out Locked On Cardinals. He's going to be starting that up like the 24th. The 24th, I think, is when everything starts up. Yeah, I'm I'm doing the uh, the initial launch day um, with everybody else, and uh, we'll kind of uh, we'll go from there and and see how it goes. But it'll be uh, hopefully uh, it'll be every day, and I hope to have them up every morning before people go to work. And uh, where I live, it's kind of uh, kind of crazy because in Nashville, you get this conglomerate of uh, we we get the Cardinals games on Fox Sports Tennessee, but. We also get the Braves and the Reds games, too. (laughs) You get the Braves, Reds, and the Cardinals, even a little bit of the Cubs down here. That's a great intersection of baseball. I think so, too. Well, hey, Moose, I really appreciate it, sir, and maybe we'll talk to you again sometime this season. Absolutely. I'll come on anytime you want. It was awesome getting to talk baseball with Moose from Locked On Cardinals over there. Sounds like they've got an interesting season coming up. They kind of fit right in with the rest of the National League Central in that they're not really sure what they've got as far as expectations are concerned. So I'm excited for this season, and I really appreciate Moose for getting us set for our rivals. As we like to know, all we know about the Cardinals is we're not big fans of them. That'll wrap us up for the Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow's edition will be back to normal. Uh, We'll be talking about the weekend and a couple of Reds notes from the spring training games and different things like that. And I might be wrong on one of my predictions, but we'll get more into that tomorrow. And also look out for a couple of different interviews coming up this week. On Thursday, I've got another Locked On crossover. And then on Friday, I've got Mo Egger rejoining me on the podcast. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.